Hello, welcome to the Loose Spokes podcast. Uh, I am Randall. And I'm Roger. And uh, we're, we're coming in after Oakland. Uh, we haven't recorded in a few weeks. Uh, David is uh, busy with a work thing. But we're gonna we're gonna pick up on Oakland and uh, touch on anything before. Uh, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is is something Roger mentioned in the pre-roll. Uh, how do you feel about that last uh, last turn pass by Cooper Webb on Ken Roxon? Actually, um, it was it was it was a racing incident. Cooper did not try to hurt him or in any way, but he he, he was on the inside. I it looked like to me that Ken simply didn't know he was that close. Um, well, having watched it back, they they mentioned a few times at the end. I think he knew he was there. He Ken over jumped that last singling. He kind of landed not on the backside of the jump, but on the flat. Oh, and okay. and uh, Ricky was saying, yeah, when you do that, you can't get the bike to stop. So he wasn't able to turn down and block the inside. Oh, that's because, why he was out a little bit. Yeah, because as soon as I saw that happen, I literally put my hands on my head as as Walker is going, "No, Ken Roxon." I said, <laughs> "I said he left the door open." Kenny, what are you doing? You left the door open. When they showed the replay, it's like, "Oh, yeah, he." It's oh. no different than missing your back brake. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I feel bad so, for Ken, you know, because he's had so much confidence, and I'm sure that this weekend really rattled it. You know, but mm-hmm. he does know that, you know, when Eli Tomac is on, he's hard to beat. But he, Kenny also knows when Kenny is on, he can usually beat Tomac like the last few weeks. You know, he, he was that. willing to settle for second. Yes. Because like he said in the interview, he's like, you know, Eli was just faster tonight. Like yep. we got to work on some things like he, he knew he was faster. Yep. And that's fine because yep. the second place keeps him in the championship. Yep, yep. You know, but I saw Cooper Webb coming. Um, as soon as Eli got around him, uh, my son Walker's like, was like, oh, no, Kenny, get around him. I said, well, he needs to clip on because, because Cooper Webb is coming and Cooper Webb's probably going to get around him. And he went, no. I said, yeah, I think so. And sure enough, I watched that that lead dwindle down, and then the announcer started saying the same thing. And I went, "Oh, I, I knew it was like with when he crossed with the white flag." I went, "That needed to be the checker. He he won't hold him off because when Cooper's on a charge on the last lap, he keeps that pace no matter what." And Ken doesn't usually pick it up. He can a little bit, but he's so you know he races his own race. He's maybe too good at it sometimes. That's the thing is he races his own, his own race, but he goes to the outside way too much when right. people are close. Yeah. And then he keeps giving them the opportunity to block yeah. them on the inside, which is surprising yeah. from a guy with such good racecraft generally. Which Cooper knows that, and he's like, all I got to do is get it inside. But, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see how everybody rebounds. You know, has Cooper, back, uh, Cooper Webb figured out how to maybe win one of these this year, this year because I mean he's he even went backwards in the in his heat race, um, but this is he definitely showed a spark in doing what he did. And honestly, this these are the results he should have been putting in last year. 
you know, slowly yes. getting better, putting in, like showing up in the podium and, you know, being a real win threat instead of last year where by now he was nearly dominating, like he staying was. ahead of everybody or yep. right on their heels yep. all the time for the wins. This yep. is where he should have been last year. Yep. Yeah. This makes more sense. Um, makes more sense. You know, yeah, but I, I agree. It was clean. I, well, you know, as clean as it could be, it was, it was cleaner than Ferrandis hitting Craig, which oh. also was a racing inst- incident, yeah. but it was foolish and badly calculated by Ferrandis. But it that wasn't, was, yeah. it was not uh, malicious. How about, um, how about uh, Ferrandis's pass on Fortner at Oakland? Uh, again, I think. I think it was sloppy, but not dirty. No, I would I, say his pass on uh, Hunter Lawrence was... Uh, Hunter Lawrence. Sorry, not Hunter. The younger Lawrence, Jet. At A2. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was some of the sloppiest riding I've ever seen in for a top competitor in the 250 class was... <laughs> How he, how Ferrandis, a 26 year old veteran, mm-hmm. raced a 16 year old. The way that he did it was so sloppy. And, he, you know, in the moment, yeah. I would be no better. Yeah. Anything, but, to, anything to get to the front moment. Yeah. And this is a, a champion who's down in the points, who's trying to defend his title against someone that he should have had covered. Yeah. Um, so, but it was, it was sloppy. And that night I would have booed right along with everyone else. You know, maybe that's in bad taste, but the way he raced most of that night, I felt was, was beneath him. He's a better hard. racer than that. He's better than that. I agree. And, and you know what? He knows it. You kind of, some of the comments he's made since then, you know, um, the, I think the, he apologized to the right level, which is, which is, yeah, maybe it was a bit aggressive. Maybe, yeah. maybe I should be a little bit more careful. But I do believe that he had no ill intent towards either, either uh, Honda Rider or even towards Forkner. Right. I don't think I, he's a mean guy. Nope, I think nope, I don't either. I, I think he's a competitor, yeah. and he needs to he needs to clean it up a little yeah. bit. But I mean, when well, you're think- going for the win. I think his pass on on Forkner this weekend, really, it was really more Forkner's fault that he went off the track because you know how they come in, they get underneath, and they kind of hesitate. You know, you, mm-hmm. you want to lean into the turn, but, oh, no, he's right there, and so you don't. Well, I mm-hmm. think instead of holding his spot, he kind of almost lifted a little, which, you know, allowed his front wheel to climb over the top. So it was kind of... Uh, Maybe it surprised Forkner, but I don't think there was any contact. In- oh, there was. I, if there was contact, it was it Very was minimal. Yeah, I think that was a better pass than either Honda Rider. Uh, yeah. You know, the oh, week before. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think what that was to me, what I saw, and I could be wrong, but I think Forkner simply misjudged where that lapped rider was going to be or didn't see him past the tough blocks. And when he went around the outside, uh, 
he thought he could turn down mm-hmm. and maybe Ferrandis was closer than he thought. Maybe that lapper was slower than he thought. By the time they went around that corner, he was either going to go left into Ferrandis, go straight into that lapper or right off the track. And you have to make a split second decision. <laughs> yep. And as we saw a couple weeks ago, he's not great at that mm-hmm. yet. And that's something you get with experience and just muscle memory. I think yep. he's, making poor split second decisions because he wants it so badly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was just, you know, maybe it wasn't the wrong call. Cause if it's, you hit your competitor, you hit a lapper yeah. or you go off the track, maybe that was the right long-term decision and then pop back in. But honestly, Forkner wasn't going to keep Ferrandis behind him. No, there was a lot of racing left. Like, I don't think it changed the outcome of the race, and it was the safest thing for him to do. Yeah. yeah. Just take take a decent finish, move on to next week. You know, you yeah. can't do that every week, but some you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them. And I think yeah. Roxon and Forkner both said, you know what? I'm going to stay in the hunt. This is a bad week for me. I'm going to stay in the hunt. Do better next week. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to complain. Either one of those guys is hard to complain about second place. But you guys got to make sure you don't have the same guy beating you every week. You yeah, know? you can't allow it twice no. is, is the thing. Because if you start letting someone have, just like Tomac couldn't let uh, Rocks and win again this right. last weekend. Right, if, right, if right. I knew going in, I said, if Rocks and wins a third race in a row, this season is over and he will win. Yeah. Because that's too much confidence for him. Too much confidence. Seeing, Seeing Ken Roxon's face at the end of that week, and he said he only uh, did practice one day that week um, because Cincerillo only did practice one day that, that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think looking at his face on the podium, he was a <laughs> little disappointed. A lot. Ken? Yeah. Uh, oh, he was terribly disappointed. Um, he was in distress because I think I don't think he was upset about having maybe gotten second, but that last lap pass, he said, "Man, I gave up some really important points there." Those are very important. You yeah. can't spot Tomac points. No, no. I mean, he's he's only got three points up on him now. I mean, if would have they been got six. first and second, it would be a tie this next week. Yeah. Um, so he needs to try to reverse that, but then. You know, you got the other guys that that want to win it too. Um, what about Jason Anderson? Boy, has he been quiet but good. He's he's. If we were redoing things, he'd be my dark horse. Like for sure, more I than Webb. Absolutely, I think he's a better shot for the championship. Yeah. Um, minus the last ten minutes of the last main. So you know, what have you done for me lately? Like right. that, if Cooper can go back to that speed and figure out the whoops, then he's back to being, uh, you know, a top three title contender. But right now, yeah, it's, you know, we I'm not changing my picks, but I do think that it's Tomac and Roxon and Anderson are kind of the best players for the yeah. championship as yeah. we sit here. I agree. I agree. No one else. He's Based consistent. On- what they're doing now, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, Ricky Carmichael said that he still thinks that Cooper Webb's going to win the whole thing. 
I would not bet a dollar against Cooper Webb. You, you can't. You can't because he won it last year. But yeah, I, he was I don't know. he was just catching fire now last season, so he's not that far behind. You know, if if that was him, if that was him waking up, mm-hmm. and he's keeps that speed next week, and he gets a little bit better start. If this is his ramp up, then he's still a, a contender. But he's. 12 points down? Yeah. Something to that effect. Well, he was 20, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he could be something like that because Ken lost some. Um, Yeah, that's the thing is he's lucky that the guys up front are kind of stealing points from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but when it comes down to it, you know, so far through the season, no one's as good as Eli and Ken. No, there's a gap. Yeah, they are are tops, but that's why third place – it's still a deep field, and there are still. Oh, I still think there are six or seven people that could win a race. That could win a race. Yep, that could win a race. Uh, I mean, Jason Anderson can win a race. Yes, I saw for a moment. I saw the ability for Justin Hill to win a race. In it would take a, uh, a kind of a lot of the right situations, but I would agree with you. Let's see though, who was catching if, him? Who was coming? I think it was Cooper Webb in his. In his uh, heat race, yeah, in the end was catching him. Somebody, yes, was but Cooper him. Webb did that and caught Ken Roxham yeah. and was catching Eli Tomac. Yeah, so like if that's the person that's going to be catching him, that's that's pretty good. And yeah. when that we know when that kid is on, that he can be mm-hmm. lights out. Mm-hmm. So I, we know he has the speed if he can find it. Yeah, and you know he showed that he still has it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't count him out. Um, of course you can't count out, um, you know, any of the bigger factory guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, although he hasn't shown it, we know Osborne has winning potential. Yeah. You'd be f- foolish to say he doesn't. Yeah. You know, and of course we said Jason Anderson can win a race. I mean, Barsha yeah. did, so you can't say he can't cause yeah. he did. Yeah. So what there's, does, uh, what does, uh, Adam Cincerello have to do to win one of these? Stay off the ground. He didn't crash this time in the main. He's got the speed, but it, to me, it looked like he didn't quite have the stamina to run that speed. He ran that speed for a while. In fact, early on in the race, he had kind of gained ground on Ken when Ken was leading and then just started slipping back as the race moved on. Yeah, I, I think it's mental with him, though. Oh, he, hugely, yeah. He trains with rocks, and he, yep. he has to be in good enough shape yep. to run to run that pace. It, it seemed like once those two were out front, I thought, wow, these guys train together, they're out front. They just need to go into a training session and go, and nobody should catch them. Yeah, but then you see Cincerillo make a mistake, and then he gets passed, and then mm-hmm. he gets slower again. Yeah. I think he's still gets in his head. He's dealing with the same mental things he did in two fifties and four fifties. He's lost his confidence and he's, he's just trying to build up. It's his rookie year. He shouldn't be winning, mm-hmm. but if he gets a good start and stays off the ground and keeps his head, he can <laughs> win. That's the key right there. Yeah. And I think he has, he has the mental fortitude to do that. He just has to, he has to get there. He's mm-hmm. not someone who's uh, super good at being up front. And he's, you know, he's 
he hasn't done the 450 out front thing. It's, it's yeah. a completely different animal yeah. trying to keep that thing tame. Yeah. And like he, he was going to win the race at A1. He was going to. Mm-hmm. He had a six-second lead. He threw it away. Yeah, he did. And he was he's probably just a, a mental lapse. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take much. Yes. But you know what? He is still young and a rookie in the 450s. He'll figure it out. It's just a matter of time. Can he win a race this year? Absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely. that's what's wonderful is we have – three winners, three different winners, mm-hmm. and we can have, what do we list off, four or five? Mm-hmm. And there are other people that you could say possibly, but like those are those are good chances for those people to win. But, but you know what? Uh, different angle here. When you really look at it, Tomac and Roxon have won the last four races. And they're probably going to win most all of the rest of them. They probably are. So, I mean, really... You know, it's fun to think that these other guys might come alive and take these guys out, but to take them both out, somebody, you know, is really going to have to step it up. And yes, Webb could do it. Yes, Anderson could do it. But, you know, the odds this year, you know, probably not. Probably not. Unless one of these guys gets hurt or both. Hello, listeners. My apologies for the technical uh, malfunction we had no idea until after we had finished recording well after we had finished that we only got 17 minutes of what was an hour and 36 minute uh, conversation so i decided i'm going to take a couple of minutes to kind of sum up what we discussed and uh, take you through where we are in our fantasy league at this point so uh, we continue to talk about some of the more noteworthy stuff from from Oakland, such as because um, you heard us touch on on Justin Hill and what he was able to do being pretty impressive. We also touched on Oldenburg and Clout. Uh, we were both very impressed at their at their you know leading the heat for uh, for most of it. Those guys have got to be a boon to the 250 effort for uh, Honda. Uh, Honda having both of their riders out, seeing those red bikes up there had to have been, you know, huge, huge for them. Honda's made big steps in, you know, having bikes out there, even if their guys get hurt, because for a long time with Roxon being injured and then when Sealy would get hurt, we talked about their uh, offering a lot more support to uh, other 450, like the Smart Tops team, and that it might be a good idea to kind of reach out a little bit to the Penrite Honda team because coming from Australia like Luke Clout is, um, it's been a, a hard transition for him, but he seems to be getting better every single week. And Oldenburg, we know his uh, his capabilities. Looks like he might be injured this weekend, so you know, hopefully not. Uh, I'd like to see number 40 come out here and do well again. We also touched on the unfortunate crash at the beginning of the main for Moseman. Uh, we were looking forward to seeing Moseman race well, um, but it, uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, went down early, and I hadn't even noticed at first that during that crash, McAdoo, uh, you know, kind of ran him over by accident, of course, but um, that back wheel came up and hit McAdoo right in the side. He's been 
you know, recovering himself. Uh, that was his first race back, and I guess that kind of set him a little bit, a little bit back. He said he was hurting after that, understandably. So that's why his uh, finish was less than I was expecting from the quality of the heat. Completely understandable. And so we we talked about uh, you know a little a little bit more of that, and then we went into the experience of being at one of these races. Uh, Roger got to go down to the Anaheim Two race and experience that live, and we're going to be going to Arlington two weeks from now. Yeah, so we'll, we'll report back on that as well, uh, give him another chance to kind of say his piece on, you know, the, the fun parts of going to the race. Yeah, definitely if you get the opportunity, uh, go and, and watch one live. It's like many other sports, you'll hear it about hockey uh, especially. It's so much fun to go watch live. You get the, the, the smell of the race fuel. You get the, the sound of the bikes. Uh, Monster puts on, you know, a great show. Feld does with the uh, with the flame jets and, you know, t-shirt cannons. It, it definitely brings you in. And uh, following the, the race leaders, get decent seats. You don't have to be, you know, $300 box seats. But if you get, you know, decent seats, which you can get decent seats for, 60 70 bucks you can get really good seats at a lot of these races and if you're if you're close enough that you don't need binoculars to kind of see what's going on and the jumbotron helps you keep track of everything and they've got the the ticker to to kind of keep track also it's it's a lot of fun and if you show up early enough uh, definitely try and get there early enough that you can still get into the pits find a way to get a pit pass and get in there and you can see the bikes you know, in, in person, right next to him, you can see the mechanics working on him. Sometimes you can catch a rider out getting ready uh, or coming in from from qualifying. And, uh, you know, just hang around and, and be friendly. Don't, you know, don't, don't bug them. They're all, everyone's working. But sometimes uh, a rider or a mechanic or a, a team manager will, you know, have a minute to spare to kind of talk across the, across the truck at you. And that's that's always a fun experience. And there's there's just lots to do. They keep it very very busy. Lots of activities to go check out. So if you get the opportunity, one comes by your your town, take take the day and go out and watch. And uh, we talked a little bit about the upcoming race in San Diego. It's uh, Petco Park. It's in a baseball diamond. The track map looks good. Looks like they've got another whoop section, 180 whoop section again. Which you know I feel bad for. Hopefully Webb can can kind of pick it up, but I think that's been a really deciding factor this season. There's a lot of tracks with two sets of whoops, and hopefully that should make it a little less one-lined as it was at at Oakland. We still have the Loose Spokes podcast leaderboard here on farmfantasysx.com, and what we discussed was Roger last week picked the top five perfect. Eli Tomek, Cooper Webb, Ken Roxons, Adam Cincerillo, Jason Anderson. He got all of the top five all in the right order. Uh, he only missed the wild card, the 13th place. He picked Dean Wilson and it ended up being Brayton, but he, he got all the rest of them right and he, he raked in a lot of points. A lot of us have been averaging 20 to 30 points around and he pulled in 107 
So clearly he is at the top of our leaderboard with 244 points. Uh, that ranks him inside the top 10,000 at 6,740 for his overall rank. Uh, directly below him uh, with 208 is uh, David's wife, Cheryl. She's, she's uh, in second. She also had a good week earning 80 points. The rest of us uh, not doing as hot. Another 20 points down is uh, Jessica. She's at 188. Kenny in fourth with 159. Uh, yours truly, uh, four points behind him with 155. And bringing up the rear in overall rank of 69,220, David with 130 points. David had uh, Cooper Webb winning, uh, Anderson behind him, and then Baggett uh, rounding out the podium. And then he had Tomac and Cincerillo for fourth and fifth. So a little off the mark this week, but we all have a lot more races still to go. If you would like to be in on this, please hit me up with the official uh, email here. It's tinydogpodcastnetwork at outlook.com. Uh, let me know that you want in. Uh, give me your information, and, and I will. Uh, I'll give you the the password to get in. It's uh, Loose Spokes Podcast. One word is is the group, and email me or message me on the uh, official Instagram page, and I will. I'll get you the the password. You can get in and uh, and play with us a little bit. This has been a lot of fun to kind of kind of bug each other about. Uh, how we did on this. I look forward to a little bit more. Sorry again about the technical uh, difficulties. We're going to try some uh, some other stuff, some you know some backup audio, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep working on it. We appreciate the patience as we learn this new this uh, whole new system of this. We are not professional podcasters. We are just doing this for fun and putting it out just in case others are interested. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. On any of those platforms, please uh, drop a line. Let us know how we're doing, and uh, also check out the uh, the web page. I, I update it uh, a little bit here and there. Again, uh, not my full time job, but I'm I'm working on it. Check out our website at tinydogpodcast.com, and that's got all of our shows. Speaking of our other shows, we have Garage Night, which is our our original show. Um, and we have a new one on the block. If you are a fan of video games, check out Just Another Side Quest. It's up on all the all the major finders there about now, and it's a it's a wonderful show. It's produced by one of the one of the co-hosts, James, and it, it sounds wonderful. He composed the music at the beginning and the end himself, and I think it sounds wonderful. Um, so. Uh, I won't waste any more of your time. Again, uh, sorry for the uh, for the short episode, but join us again next week. We'll uh, we'll try and put out a full hour and a half. And until then, uh, that is it. And good night. Thank you for listening to the Loose Spokes podcast. A special thanks for Jahazer, 
for the use of their song, The Last Ones, under the attribution share alike license. <laughs>